Welcome to the Stewardship Podcast, where we discuss how to wisely manage your resources, your influence, and on today's episode, your Thanksgiving dinner. Well, kind of. We, we want to talk about politics and your family. Uh, Producer Daniel here with Grant. Yes. On the podcast this week, we want to talk about what to do about political conversations with your family around the holidays. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or if things really are becoming more political, but it just feels like everything is politicized. Oh, yeah. And again, I don't know if that's just because I'm I'm older and that's what happens when you get older. You, you think about those things and you converse about those things because they seem to impact your life more. Um, but I just, it just feels like politics or things associated with political things. Like even now, like a, a virus has become political. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, there's, I don't think there's going to be any way to avoid political conversations during holiday meals, whether it's with your family or with your friends. Yeah, COVID's going to come up. Mm-hmm. The vaccine's going to come up. Yep. This episode's going to get flagged because we said vaccine and COVID. <laughs> yeah. Uh, race relations. Yeah. Uh, Democrats, Republicans, all the things that have like really been hitting hard. The the Build Back Better bill, taxes, the government looking into, you know, $600 transactions in your checking account, uh, inflation, the trucking issue, like the housing market, the housing market, all the things and how they could be related to political conversations. And I think it's just wise for us to say, OK, rather than being caught off guard with those things and some people listening like, oh, no, I'm not caught off guard. We have these conversations every year. at Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but it's wise to go into it knowing, OK, there's a good chance these conversations going to come. I know that I'm not going to see eye to eye with everyone. So what do I do? How do I be a good steward of these conversations? And maybe it has to do with understanding how to have hard conversations, uh, but then also understanding how to have grace for folks when you don't necessarily completely agree. That can be really hard. It is. It can be really hard. Now, I have a question for you, Dan. What is your natural bend? Like, we're having this conversation about political things over a Thanksgiving dinner, let's say, and do you, like, get all of a sudden adrenaline and defensive and ready to start talking about it? Or are you like going into your turtle shell and going to hide? Uh, my methods are twofold. Um, I, my, my first approach is to avoid, avoid conversations, um, go play with the kids or the nieces and nephews outside if I can. That's uh, a solid move. Yeah. Oh, politics. Uh, I'm going to go shoot hoops with yep, the kids. Yep. Uh, <laughs> or, uh, bad jokes. There you go. That's the other approach. Um, it's not polarizing and it's not upsetting to most if I just make silly jokes the whole time, uh, whether or not they're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that can even be risky too, because I may offend because sometimes political humor can offend. And yeah. these days, any kind of humor can offend. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that, so that's usually my approach. I, I try not to talk about it if mm-hmm. I can, but that's not true about everyone else in my family. Right. Um, some people are pretty confrontational, pretty opinionated. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay. It's okay to want to have or share your opinion. Um, it's okay to have conf- confrontation. Um, and, and the the reason why I think that's that's okay. I disagree, but I'm afraid to say it because it's <laughs> to confront you. <laughs> no, Go ahead. No, tell me. No, con- 
Confrontation is okay. It's yeah. just super uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes being uncomfortable is okay and good. But one of the things about just the whole political conversation as a whole is two opposing viewpoints um, are actually really, really good. Because nobody can see eye to eye on on everything 100% of the time, right? We're all different people. They can if they all agree with me. Uh, they could, but is it possible <laughs> for everybody to agree with that? No, it's not, no. right? So no. I think that two opposing ideas um, are, are, are really good. And the reason why they're really good is because when you have somebody that opposes what your kind of way of thinking is, it's going to either make you think twice, open your mind, and help you understand like, oh, maybe I could adjust or correct here and grow and get better. Or it's going to help you to properly defend your initial thoughts and and processes and validate how you were already thinking or feeling. Either way, the opposing viewpoints are helpful in our growth. And they're extremely helpful in new and different ideas from coming out. New and different ideas are good for our society. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Part of the reason our current climate is so polarized is because of, I think, I mean, it's because of a lot of things, but I think a big portion of it is the algorithmic echo chambers that we live in. Yeah. Um, that the internet and the media that that is uh, kind of catered to our desires is exactly that. It's catered to our views. So those opposing ideas often don't make it into our our field of view. Right. And so you're absolutely right that when we engage with our family mm-hmm. <laughs> or our friends or people who we love for a bunch of reasons, yeah. other than maybe our agreeing on political beliefs, mm-hmm. those people can bring new ideas. You're absolutely right that we need that. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me think of, strangely enough, the passage in Timothy that mm. talks about trials producing maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just funny because it's not really a trial to disagree with your uncle about politics, but um, maybe it is, you know, maybe it does cause strife and, and tension and that tension can produce maturity in all of us oh, sure, yeah. if we're open to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and again, beyond the uh, opportunity to to grow into new different ideas, it, it can help you validate the current ideas and thoughts that you had, which can give you confidence. But when you talked about the you know algorithmic echo chambers, as you put, that was like really good algorithmic echo chambers. Thanks, that's, it's going in my poetry book. That's solid. Uh, you know, it also comes down to um, how po- political ideas have kind of gone in the wrong direction. It's, it's more, it's more than it's different than just ideas. Now, it's a tribalism. And yeah. it's um, like fandom. Uh, and it's like, a, if you, you know, well, it's like Cowboys versus Cardinals or the Seahawks, let's say, versus the Cardinals. Yeah. Well, if you're a Cardinal or a Cardinal fan, then I hate you. And if you're a Seahawks or a Seahawks fan, I hate you. It's, it's like created that kind of tribalism and fandom, which then prevents us from really hashing and thinking through the idea. So I really think through, through step one in this whole thing is no – Yes, that these conversations are going to happen. But then step two is let's really break it down for the good that this is. Sharing ideas is good. Sharing opposing ideas is good. And one person is not good or evil for their ideals that they may or may not have as it pertains to politics. Um, and one person, 
you know, does not need Jesus less or more because we all need Jesus the same, right? We're all yeah. sinners and we're all jerks. Um, but we, we can't like, oh, they're against me. I hate them because they're an opposing view. It's, oh, that's another idea. How can I grow from this? It's just a different mindset. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, it sounds really good, <laughs> but also a little idealized. Oh, and totally. so I, I've come up with a solution. Okay. Um, sure. You and I can go into our family situations these holidays mm-hmm. and have this mindset mm-hmm. and it can be good for us, mm-hmm. but maybe someone else in our family didn't. First step would be to share this podcast with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, maybe we go back to the, the football analogy you made and have everybody who disagrees play a game of football and whoever wins <laughs> whoever is, wins is the winning idea exactly whoever can tackle the best the strongest fastest they win now yeah. like you know it's uh th- that's what i want to do in the rest of this podcast i actually want to go through some what if scenarios and sure. talk about practical how-to steps of what to do when the disagreement happens we want to be a good steward of this well it starts by having the right mindset going into the conversations and throughout the conversations but it also requires some very good and intentional actions while we're having these conversations. But at Stewardship, we are a group of home loan, insurance, and investment advisors that serve people with wisdom and love. So we want to give you guys a little bit of financial wisdom with some love in this one-minute money tip. Go ahead and hit it, Dan. Timing the market versus time in the market. People want to buy low, sell high, so it makes sense that they're concerned about trying to time the market. Here's why it's easier said than done. Uh, You have to be right twice. Not only do you have to be right about when to pull your money out to try to avoid losses, uh, you also have to be right about when to put your money back in the market. The market does not give you an all clear signal. It doesn't say that, hey, invest your money now, everything's safe. That doesn't happen. Uh, So consider this. Uh, In the past 15 years, the S&P 500 has returned over 9.8% per year. Missing out on the 10 best days means you only made 4.3% per year. This is crazy. Even though the market provides long-term returns, it shows that a small number of days provide the outsized returns. And a lot of those big updates happen in the midst of scary bear market times. So the important thing is time in the market. Stay invested. So Grant, uh, barring a football match, how do I actually solve this problem that uh, I have presented where I've listened to this podcast and I have the right mindset going in that I'm going to be open-minded to opposing ideas. You know that opposing ideas are good. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Even if the ideas are absolutely wrong, obviously, (laughs) because they're not my idea. Um, But I I know that the opposing ideas are good to hear, Mm -hmm. that it's okay to have them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to stand by my values. Mm -hmm. But what if uh, my uncle, um, also Grant, Mm -hmm. my uncle Grant, I don't have an uncle Grant. (laughs) Um, I was trying to think of a name that wouldn't offend anybody because I'm not (laughs) confrontational. (laughs) Oh, man, this Uh, is so great. Yeah, I'm going to see my uncle, and I know he disagrees with me. Okay. um, And he's also really abrasive about it. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Well, the first thing that you have to uh, think through is what do you want out of the conversation? What is your vision for when the meal is over and for when you leave? Uh, do we want them to 100% agree with our ideas? Do you want to try to convert and completely change their ideas in one Thanksgiving dinner? I mean, it sounds good. It sounds neat. <laughs> it also uh, sounds impossible, probably. Right. So, but what we really want is for our uncle, everybody has that uncle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we want him to be happy. 
We want him to have mm-hmm. joy. We want him to experience love and wisdom and a sober-minded approach. Yeah. Um, and and I think that starts with empathy. You have to put yourself in their shoes. So if you have a vision for like, okay, what do I really want? Well, if you know, like, I'm not going to convert anybody in this one conversation and this one thing, and that's not really what I want. What I really want is I care for my uncle, and I want him to 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 be in a good place. And maybe the best way for for me to do that is to have empathy, put myself in his shoes. Know that I did listen to a podcast like this, and I went in with a sober minded approach, and he didn't. Yeah. So so that means I've got to have to have grace for him because he he wasn't there. He didn't do that, right? Yeah. So you have to put yourself in his shoes. Another thing you have to do with empathy. You have no idea maybe what your uncle went through that morning or this past week or this past 18 months in this crazy political climate, right? For sure. Maybe there's something that has happened in that uncle's life that is connected to politics that has had a major negative impact. Like that, that's a reality. That's a reality. So we have to, we have to be willing to have empathy and just listen. Listen, listen to what they're going through and why they're going through that and know that our vision and our goal is not to necessarily convert somebody, but to help them experience love Yeah, and to, yeah. And to hopefully give them some, some additional joy. Yeah, and I want to make a distinction uh, about empathy, that empathy and uh, perspective taking are not the same thing. Okay. They often go hand in hand, mm-hmm. um, but empathy is understanding what another person feels yes. while perspective taking is seeing things from their point of view. Ooh, this and is good. So, and so those are different things. Yes. Um, they can work together, but I'm not necessarily going to be able to take my uncle's perspective if he and I just are completely opposed to each other. Mm. I, I can't say, okay, well, then I, I see why he, or I, I see why he thinks that's right. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be super helpful to go through, but to say, I see why he feels this way. Yes. I understand why he feels attacked or I wonder, I understand why he feels the need to attack. Yes. That, that paired with, like you said, listening, mm-hmm. asking questions yeah, really can, can drive that love and that joy. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing is to ask questions and maybe I need to bite my tongue for a little bit Yeah, <laughs> um, to hear his responses and to actually listen. And to, to help this this loved one feel heard, mm-hmm. um, and that will really, I think, bring that love and that joy. Because mm-hmm. our goal isn't to convince yep. and to convert. Yep. Um, if my goal was to convert, I wouldn't let anyone else talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so it's really it's about listening for sure. And I think uh, another practical thing that all of us could practice in these holiday conversations with people that we love is an apology. An apology, especially when genuine and heartfelt and from a place of empathy, um, really, really can disarm what might feel like or could potentially get into or maybe just was a toxic situation. Mm. And here are some things where you can apologize. If you're already engaged in the in the conversation, right, and you sure. recognize like, oh, crap, I forgot the things in this podcast and I just said something I probably shouldn't have said that wasn't very empathetic – Apologize to the uncle. Hey, Uncle Grant, man, I'm I'm sorry. I I just that I shouldn't have said that. I did had zero empathy there. That's on me. I apologize. Um, be genuine about it, right? Or maybe you said something, um, or did something as it pertains to that political subject previously, and you can apologize for it. Um, or maybe even admit that you were wrong in some way. Uh, the more humility that we actually practice, specifically through an apology, is 
crazy powerful. And people think that like, oh no, if I apologize, then I lose my footing. No, you don't. (laughs) If you apologize and you're humble, you have actually elevated yourself in the conversation. Yeah. Because it's a different level of respect that that one person could and should have for you. And now you have a different voice of authority in the conversation moving forward. This is a big deal. I mean, just think about it. How would you feel, Daniel, if some of our politicians got behind a microphone and be like, hey, my bad. I didn't necessarily handle this whole COVID thing and how we should have responded to it. Great. We were just guessing over here. We we're doing our best. I'm sorry. Like, how would that go? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I just had lunch with a friend and I was like, we were talking about the response to COVID. And I was like, I just wish somebody would have gotten on TV and said, we don't really know what's happening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but we're trying. Yeah. You know, that would have been so much better than feeling like I'm being lied to all the time. Yes. You know, and seeing, I feel like pride Mm. just feeds into more pride. Yeah. So if... Which then goes into the apology, right? Yeah, Because if exactly. you apologize, there's, that pride goes away. It squashes the pride. Yeah. And I feel like if I bring pride and my uncle's bringing pride and everybody's trying to yell louder than the other person, it's, it's never going to be able to be resolved. But yep. bringing that humility of an apology, mm-hmm. we go low mm-hmm. to, to elevate the way the other person sees us. Yeah. It, it, it unites the relationship and it actually elevates the conversation to a completely different level and will help in the goal of really showing genuine love and care for the person. And, and, and the goal is when the dinner's over, you know, Uncle Grant's like, oh, you know what? That Daniel, he's pretty, he's a, he's a good guy. He, yeah. He might be, a, you know, hardcore, you know, Biden supporter or Trump lover, but dang it, he, you know, whatever the opposing view is. Right. I like that, Daniel. He's, he's, he's a good enough guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not, that opens up to more serious conversations later down, down the road. Um, and, and, and more. So, uh, all right. So the first thing that we have to do practically is, is put ourselves in, in their shoes. We have to really practice empathy and, and listen. And the second thing is that we have to do and take action on is be willing to be humble. And, and I think a practical way of doing that is with an apology. Now, Daniel, we were prepping for this uh, podcast and there a conversation about uh, this word tolerance came up. And I thought that you had some uh, pretty interesting thoughts on that because tolerance is a word that is uh, now becoming political, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's also a word that, okay, is this something that we have to exhibit or do uh, when we're having these political conversations? So share with the, the audience that. Yeah. Um, tolerance is a scam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and I think legitimate tolerance is not um, a scam. It's sort of, it's one of those words that has evolved uh, of late, sort of like the word literally, how it means literally, and it means figuratively. <laughs> tolerance means I tolerate you. And tolerance also means um, I don't tolerate you <laughs> mm. uh, because you're not tolerant enough of me and what I, what I think. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's a trap. Um, true tolerance is to say that I disagree with you, but I still accept you as mm. a human being. Yeah. That's what true tolerance is. And a lot of people are saying we need more tolerance in the world. Yeah. But a lot of those same people who are saying more tolerance for these, you know, oppressed people uh, are oppressing us. Are oppressing people who aren't oppressed. Right. It's it's messy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I admit that I am a white guy mm-hmm. um, who a lot of people don't like white guys right now. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the tolerance that's out there in culture right now isn't true tolerance. Yeah. And the call for tolerance isn't truly a call for that. It's a call for 
agree with me or you're canceled. Right. Um, and so... Which I, is intolerant. Very intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think we do need to practice a level of tolerance, but it's not... I, I kind of want to avoid the word. Right. You know? Um, well, let's replace it. I, I think the word that we should replace it with, and this is the, the third step in the actions that we could take to have these conversations, be a good steward of them, is the word grace. Yeah. Um, let's not focus on tolerance, but let's focus on, on grace. And grace is basically getting something that we, we don't deserve, right? Yeah. So I have been given eternal life and, and forgiveness of my sins through Jesus Christ to, despite my my sin, my nastiness, my pride, all the issues we've, mm-hmm. we've talked about and more. I don't, I don't deserve any of that. And neither does Uncle Grant. And neither do you. And we're all kind of in that same boat together. So, so why not exhibit grace in my conversations and have a spirit of grace in the conversation, especially before the conversation ends? Like, your Uncle Grant doesn't deserve the, the, the love that Jesus gave the same way you don't. Mm-hmm. But let's do our best to, to share that with him, to also share with him empathy, share with him love, and, and maybe it's that word tolerance, but give him that, that grace that, you know what, even though I don't agree with you, I love you. Yeah. That's the type of grace that we have to end with. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with this conversation, but I love you. And I love you like crazy. Let's go play some football or something like that. You yeah. know, uh, pass the mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah. And I think even just saying that phrase, I don't agree with you, but I love you, mm-hmm. can be a huge deal. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what grace is. It's, it's confusing and it's, it's yeah. the opposite of what we think, how we think things should work. Yeah. Uh, but a lot about the kingdom of God is the opposite of how yeah. we think it should work. Yeah. And that kind of brings us full circle back to the beginning of the conversation, which is opposing viewpoints are good. You can even add to that statement, hey, look, I don't agree with you. I actually think that's okay because opposing viewpoints can can be good. Um, but beyond that, I love you for who you are. You're a family member of mine. You're a close friend of mine or whoever they are in your life and say something positive about them. I'm sorry if I may have said something in this conversation that hurt you. And to be honest with you, I don't know exactly what you're going through to, to uh, you know th- today or this past week or this past 18 months that make you feel as passionate about things the way you do. Um, but dang it, I love you. And that That statement alone, that conversation I think is an excellent way to help the vision for what we really want in these conversations to, to come to life. And that is to make sure these, these folks feel loved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> this all sounds really good. And I think there are a lot of environments where it will work. Um, a lot of family members just want to be heard and just want to know that they're loved. Mm. Um, I know I just want to be heard and know that I'm loved. Um, but sometimes there are things that we just can't get over for a time. So what do we do? Uh, let's, let's do a what if, and let's, let's go for it. Let's talk about vaccines. Uh, I don't think everyone should be vaccinated, mm-hmm. um, as a, as a blanket statement, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but a family member says, a family they member should. says everyone should be mm-hmm. no matter what. Right. And that family member is hosting Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And let's say hypothetically that I haven't been vaccinated mm-hmm. and they have, mm-hmm. and they're saying you can't come unless, unless you're, you're vaccinated. vaccinated. Right. So what, what do I do? You- you do the same thing. What do we want from this? What do we want from the conversation? What the vision is, we, we want them to be loved. We're going to love them. So you're going to love them. You're going to make sure that 
some really great, you know, chunk cookies gets door dashed to them for dessert and everybody else there that, you know, hypothetically did get vaccinated and you hypothetically didn't, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to send flowers and a note and be like, hey, so sorry I couldn't be there this year. Um, looking forward to when we can get together again. Um, hope you guys are having a great, great time. Praying for you. Love you. Um, so yeah. you're saying it's okay not to go? Yes. Yes, it's it's okay not to go. Well, if they're not letting you go, <laughs> you you can't, right? Yeah. Um, the non non confronter in me also is kind of thinking, well, what if I just get vaccinated then? Yeah. You know? And I guess that's an option for some. For sure. If but, you're, if you know, you're okay compromising that that belief. Well, th that's the reality with this whole decision. Is it's now become more than a health decision. It's right. become a societal. Uh, community decision that, that people are, are wrestling with. So that's okay for you to consider those things for sure. I think the hardest what if scenario though is people are arguing, people, it does get taken personal and it's not going well at all. And you've mm -hmm. practiced everything that was, we've talked about in this podcast and that you just have that family member, you just have that scenario or you have that conversation where it's nasty. The, the, that's the real what if. And, and to me, um, I think it's okay to protect yourself from those people in those situations. And I don't mean to say that that person is bad and you have to protect yourself from that person, but I do mean to say that there's probably something unhealthy about that situation with that person and it's okay to protect that. Mm -hmm. So here's what I mean. Either that conversation isn't healthy and not good to have. So it's okay to avoid it and go into the turtle shells we mentioned in the beginning of this conversation. Or that person themselves maybe is just going through a, a period of time in their life and they're not super healthy mentally, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you yourself, you're going through something and you're not super healthy mentally and you know it, right? So it's okay when things aren't healthy, whether about the situation or about the individuals in those moments to separate yourself or to put guardrails up. That's totally okay. Calling a situation or a circumstance unhealthy is very different than saying, I hate that individual. Yeah. Right? Those are very wide chasms that we want to keep wide. <laughs> yeah. The difference between those two. Um, so I, I, I do believe, and I have done this, where I have created and, and put guardrails up for, for certain people in my life because there's certain things that just aren't healthy about it. And there are certain things that I put guardrails with, with people in my life because I know there are certain things about me that, that, that aren't healthy that, I've, that I have to work on and continue to work on too, right? So that's it's okay to do that as well. So how does that play out practically? Is it just a conversation? Hey, I can't talk about this, but I want to be here with you. Yes. Yes. If the unhealthy part is the conversation and that conversation starts, be like, hey, well, I understand why you want to talk about this. Um, I would love to talk about it too. However, I just know it's not going to go well for me in this scenario. So I'm going to remove myself from it. So I'm either going to walk out of the room or I'm going to ask you now if you would, let's just talk about something else. How about them cowboys? Right. And you just sure. switch the topic. Um, and, and that's exactly what I've done in my life. When, if there's an unhealthy thing I have to protect, protect myself from, from a family member, I tell them, Hey, here's this thing. It's unhealthy. Um, I love you. I don't think you are a poisonous person to be around, but uh, the situation this particular issue is poisonous and I just don't, I would like to stay away from that until we can make it healthy again. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how, that's how that would look. I would say. Yeah. 
Well, Dan, this has uh, been kind of an intense podcast episode. We've talked about a lot, but yeah. I think it's a good conversation. People need to um, be able to be a good steward of these conversations with their family members, with their friends. Political conversations are going to happen. Political conversations, again, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or, or if it's just the climate, but we're in a super political climate. And as a result, we have to be prepared for it. Yeah. Know that these things are coming. Come in knowing that these things are good and can be used for good, right? Come mm-hmm. in with a sober mindset. But then practically speaking, you got to be empathetic. Yep. Show humility and be the one who apologizes. And have grace. Give people what they don't deserve. Yeah. The benefit of the doubt. And I think that's a big deal, especially if you know and understand what's the real vision we want from this. We don't want to convert anybody. Likely not going to happen anyways. What the vision we want. We want unity, connectedness, and love. Yeah. I think that'll happen well if you practice these three things. Yeah. Above all else, love. Yeah. Yeah. So great. All right, Dan, thanks for having this conversation with me. I know you aren't super comfortable with it, but he did an awesome job. This is great. Oh, I'm sweaty. Yep. All right. Everybody, you need to share this. Share this podcast episode with your friends and family members, maybe even prior to cutting that turkey and carving it. So, all right. We'll talk to you guys again very soon. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays.